Welcome to Flock Talk, a podcast at GCF North. Flock Talk exists to inform, encourage, and inspire. This is your host, Dave Farley, lead pastor at GCF North. This is season one, episode four. I'm joined today by my esteemed colleagues, Pastor John Kirshner, worship director Brian Dixon of the Brian Dixon Band. Yes. That's right. Lead singer, songwriter. Yep. So, guys, I want to talk Interpretive about. Interpretive dancer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I forgot that one. Exactly. I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk about a, about a serious issue, uh, and that is porn. Uh, porn is a massive issue, as we all know. I was talking with uh, a family law attorney recently, hmm. and uh, she said that the number one cause of divorce in her practice is pornography. Wow. Hmm. I heard recently that Americans spend more on porn than they do on the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball combined, which is just staggering. I've heard that a couple of times now. It ruins marriages, uh, ruins sex lives, objectifies women, and it's it's a free drug that anyone pretty much anywhere has access to. I mean, just imagine if there was cocaine or heroin just sitting around for any kid to take. Yeah. And just like that, you know, his life is ruined. So, with with that background in mind, I want to I want to talk about how we, as as pastors, as dads, as individuals, um, are are fighting this. So let's let's start uh, start out first by talking about as as dads. So what what types of things are we doing as dads to protect our our kids from the plague of pornography? So. Who wants to go first, John, Brian? What types of things, Brian? Yeah, I'll go first. I think um, the first thing that comes to mind is is the not making uh, what God has created in that in sex in our bodies so scary or an untouchable topic. Hmm. Um, so for me, that meant that I would be the one with Sarah, but I'm leading the conversation with our girls mm. and our boys about their bodies, um, how God designed their bodies, and then the act of sex. What is that? It's like so they're I think it's important that, especially with my girls, that they're hearing that from their dad mm. as opposed from their friends or what other right. people are gonna tell them. Um, and then leaving that open for them to ask questions, which they had questions, you know, so and and not feeling like in the moment it's a one-time conversation, but like, but appropriately leading up to these different topics of, all right, this is your body. All right, this is how this works. Okay, now we're moving on to, um, this is a man's body. This is how this works. Okay, now we move on. So it's in the smaller increments as opposed to feeling like I have to tackle the whole gamut of you know, sex and purity and how the body works and how the female body works and, and then they need to come together. And so I think sometimes that can be so overwhelming for a parent that they say nothing mm. or that they hope that this quick, like, hey, the birds and the bees, you know, okay, that did We're it. We're done with that. Yeah, we got, we got <laughs> it figured that's out. that's over. <laughs> so I guess for yeah. me, for Sarah and I, it was very much more of like, okay, like, um, 
you know, the, the progression of just like, okay, like this is your body. This is how God created it and helping them understand that. All right. Now help them understand the opposite sex. That's their body. This is how it works. And then as they got older with the girls talking them through, okay, sex, what does that mean? What's that look like? Um, appropriately. Um, and in the context of being a Christian within marriage, um, why God designed it that way, and then open it up for them to, what do you, what do you think about that? You know, what are your thoughts? Do you have questions? And inevitably they do. Um, and so I think once you kind of take away the factor of the, those like certain words and, and all of that, um, I think it just it be, you you make it. <laughs> this is a sound. I don't know if it sounds weird or not, but you just kind of normalize what's already normal. Mm-hmm. But what our culture has done is made it very abnormal or just very in the shadows, right? They've taken something beautiful and they made it horrific. But God designed this, and it is normal. And so, like, how do we talk about this in a way that in that context? I think that's you got to start early with kind of giving them the groundworks. Um, uh, of all of that and then not and not waiting till their school or their friends or you know porn shows them or tells them what that is yeah. like I think it just the earlier you can start with those things the better were, were there any um, like booklets tools resources that you have used that have been helpful in having those hard conversations yes um, so a lot of um, material that um, Paul Tripp and uh, has put out as far as along that, like sharing. Um, is specifically designed to talk to you? Yes, oh, I can't. I'm so that. sorry, I forgot the the oh, titles of of the okay, material. I'm but, sure someone can can Google Paul Tripp. Yeah, yeah, that. Paul uh, Tripp, and just like yeah. uh, he, I mean, because he does, he has great material on this, mm-hmm. like how to address that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen Tripp's material. On yeah, and so That's it's he's um, helpful. It is. It is very helpful, and and again, like a lot of the stuff that we looked at too, that was biblically based, I think did a good job of, of pointing out like starting small and incrementally and kind of working as they grow, like appropriately talking to them about uh, giving them a foundation first instead of diving right into this is what this is what this is and why you shouldn't do it. And it's like, okay, that's, I mean, that's how it was kind of a, brought to me when I was younger. This is how I remember hearing it in youth group, you know, when they had the sex talk in youth group or church. It was like, this is what this is, don't do it until you're married. It's like, oh, okay, well, I did, you know, like it starts piquing the interest. Like, mm-hmm. wait a second, I don't have any foundation here. It's, it's just forbidden. like there's this forbidden fruit I'm not allowed to yeah. eat, and we all know how that goes, <laughs> you right. know. Right. And so, I think just once you, when you kind of help lay the groundwork, and you take away some of that, oh, feeling, the forbidden feeling of it, mm-hmm. in the sense like this is good, and this is the context that it's best in that God designed, and this is how it works. It kind of takes. I don't know. I've just I've noticed because even as a youth pastor, parents that really did a good job of laying some good foundation, um, those kids tend to um, navigate those waters a little better than those that did not have that. Yeah. You know, and then they they went to find out for themselves, and then here they are, my office crying. You know, because mm. their life has been ruined. Mm. John, what did what did you do with your five boys? Yeah. 
Um, so attempted to do what Brian's suggesting. One of the, I'm gonna date myself here a little bit. There was a little booklet, I think by, I think his name's Kenneth Taylor, mm-hmm. who was uh, uh, the translator for, um, what's that version, the paraphrase? Uh, the Living Bible. Living Bible. Yeah. It was called Almost 12 was the booklet. Yeah. In fact, I, I have that on my desk to go go through with one of my boys. It's been revised and updated. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was definitely a, um, yeah, just a tool that, that helped us do what I think Brian is suggesting. And <clears throat> I'm actually really encouraged to hear Brian talk about that because... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like an authority <laughs> to talk about that. I think we we did the best we could with our kids, but that that definitely that definitely was attempting to help them understand that sex as created by God is a great good um, in the right context, in the context for which it was designed. And um, so that that was what I remember. There was a. It was probably when when I did that, it probably was more of a, oh, I got to get this done, rather than an ongoing dialogue. So that that's really helpful that Brian talks about. No, this is not a one-time conversation. This is let's begin a dialogue about this topic. So for for me, what what I did is I actually took each of my boys. I can't remember when they were around twelve. And I would do like, we would do like a weekend. We'd do kind of a weekend getaway. And we'd talk about that topic and we'd have fun. Like we'd go to a Mariners game or whatever. And um, so it was kind of more of a bigger deal. But I I think maybe I like Brian's suggestion of, no, this isn't just this one big time talk. This is more of an ongoing thing. So that's what we did though, early on. Very good. So I think I think that's what you guys are talking about is a, is a really good overall thing to do for young kids, a, a good strategy to kind of help them think about sex and sexuality. What what types of things, shifting gears a little bit, do, do you guys do to, to actively protect your kids? So Brian, you still have kids at home. John, your kids are raised. Were there any tools, any software... Um, any conversations you had specifically about pornography, masturbation, um, that, that you utilized to, to help protect the kids? I, I, when, I, when I think about the role of a, of a husband and a father and just the role of leadership, leadership or masculinity, I always think there's three things involved in being a masculine guy. Leadership, provision, and protection. And that protection piece, I think, is what I'm talking about here. How do we, as godly fathers and husbands, how do we protect our family from all the evil that's out there, specifically pornography? So again, what what types of tools, softwares, conversations you had, how how have you proactively protected your your kids? Yeah, I've, we, um, so we use um, Covenant Eyes to on all our devices. And so that's the software that helps. Um, it can do a lot of things. It can filter um, material. Um, it's an accountability software that, you know, you can get. So like I get emails um, that 
uh, holds others accountable for what they're seeing and what they're viewing, um, things like that. And so we use that to kind of help monitor, um, you know, our devices at home and what's going on there. And then honestly, it's for us, it's just been a lot of uh, conversations that can continually kind of coming back to um, God's design um, in, the, in the sense of for a male and a female, how their bodies were designed. And, and then, but then also addressing like, this is, you know, this is how this has been taken advantage of. And so even in our over-sexualized um, culture, you know, it's like, it's hard to get away from, you know, even a PG movie, right? There's so, there's something in it that you're just like, okay, like, really, you know, it really, yeah. Um, and, but what we've tried to do again, this is like, I say this not as if like after every movie we sit down, all right, kids, what did we learn? You know, it's like, but there has been moments where it's like, all right, so, uh, I'll just dive into it. So Disney and a lot of the stuff that they've been putting out lately, um, they've been really pushing um, different agendas. So they'll have characters that are homosexual um, that really have nothing to do with the storyline. It's just, it's there. And so, uh, you know, new Disney movie comes out. Kids are like, yeah, sweet, let's watch this movie. Well, here's why we're not going to watch this movie. And then we talk through, like, why would that be an issue? And it's kind of interesting how quickly they are like, because of this and this, you're right. Like, that's not a, that's not how God designed this. Um, but again, like, those conversations, I would say, are easier to go about because we've had the conversations, the foundational ones. And so it's not odd for them to hear dad say, like, homosexual or why is that not God's design let's talk about that um, you know and things of that nature why you know and then for them to ask questions about things too like that maybe like what was that you know that kind of thing it's not odd for them to do that um, and so I would just come back to that like the ways in which you like how do you kind of protect your kids I think if the door is open and they know that um, I think that really helps in because I don't know unless they tell me right like a lot of time I can try and assume but I don't know everything my kids are thinking and so if they're not if they're not willing to voice those things to me I'm in the dark right so I have to kind of keep fumbling through like well I think this might be what they're thinking but I'm always kind of surprised at what they're thinking about what they're not thinking about (laughs) it's like oh okay I was off on that um but those doors being open and them being willing to ask questions and not feel afraid to do so has been helpful because like, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta really address this or yeah, you know, that's really good. Yeah, I think um, I like what you said there. I think I think we we tried to you know communicate <clears throat> often. Um, I think we did at one point have uh, you know some kind of filtering you know on the router or whatever. Um, but we, we tried like even with even with music I mean that that's just a, an example or a case in point you know I, I remember sitting down with them and reading lyrics listening to a song and reading lyrics and just saying okay what does this say you know mm-hmm. and and so it's it's those kinds of discussions 
and even just asking them point blank as they were teenagers, you know, are, are you looking at things you shouldn't be looking, are you masturbating? You know, mm. we would have, we would have those discussions. Yeah. And, um, and I, so not that we, not that we did any of that perfectly. We, we certainly didn't. Um, I look back at, there was, there was a lot of times I should have done more. Um, but what, one thing that was encouraging was, um, with one of my sons in particular, after he moved out, I mean, that was a con, that was a, that was a conversation that we continued to have. And he would invite my, my queries. And, um, and I, th I think, like you say, part of that is, is just trying to cultivate communication, yeah. conversation, mm -hmm. yeah, relationship. So. And for us, like, we're, we're, uh, so we have two girls, two boys. Our girls are our oldest. Our oldest is um, 12, and our boys are 8 and 4. So we're, like, still in the, in the time of what's appropriate as far as the kind of basics, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff with the boys. Um, That's a really good point. That's what's that can be tricky. Like you don't want to have that conversation too soon, mm -hmm. and yet in our culture, it seems like yeah, it's getting pushed younger and younger. Mm -hmm. You know, and the fear I think in a lot of men is like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> you know, right. like I really don't want to address that right now. And part of that might be I think because of their own shame they might have around issues that they might have with that, whether they're viewing porn or things like that. Well, and I've, I've heard this stat numerous times, but, but the average American sees his, sees his or her first porn image when they're five years old. That's mm. And yeah. so as, as the father of five boys, my youngest son is now nine, even when he was five or six, I would say to him, Henry, if you see any pictures of naked ladies, you should look the other way, and here's why that's mm -hmm. wrong. Good. So it's it's never too young in one sense to yeah. to talk about some of these issues tactfully. When it when it comes to technology, I think this is an important subject, and a lot of parents are naive about this. Uh, we use Covenant Eyes as well. Uh, about six months ago, I did a bunch of research on all the different softwares, and there's a lot of options. But it seems like um, all the reviews say that, that Covenant Eyes currently is the best software, mm -hmm. and it's gotten a lot better over the years. Yes, yeah. If you use it 10 years ago, it's, it's very different now. It's, it's much better, and it provides both filtering and, and accountability. Mm -hmm. um, we, we also have what's called the Griffin Router, mm -hmm. which protects porn from even coming into your home at the router level. So that, I think that's a really, a, a lot of websites say you've got to have good router protection and you've got to have a good software, and we have both. The Griffin router and then coveted eyes, and then a lot of a lot of parents don't realize this, but the iPhone can be locked down really tight. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is why I love iPhones for my kids, and I I am often shocked and amazed at how many parents let their kids have phones with no filtering mm. and access to everything. Yeah, and I think parents may think, well, my you know little Johnny, my little Susie won't look at porn, and mm -hmm. I just think. <laughs> How could you be so incredibly naive? Yeah, you know, and so I, I don't. I don't think any kid should have a phone that's not filtered under the age of sixteen. Personally, yeah. um, and and my my boys um, put tremendous pressure on us because all their friends have yeah. cell phones when they're eleven, twelve, thirteen, mm -hmm. and our rule has been you got to be sixteen. 
before you can have a cell phone. When you have one, we're going to take off the internet and we're going to take off a lot of the apps that your friends use. Uh, and that's because I, I, I just know as, you know, when I was a boy um, and just having boys, that there's, there's constant temptations to look at inappropriate stuff. Yeah. So I, I want to take that away from my boys, take that possibility away from my boys as soon as possible. So with, with the iPhone and the parental controls, you can go into that iPhone, take off Internet Explorer, take off all the apps you don't want on there, and, and they, the child can still have a phone, still text their friends, still call you, still use some of the apps. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty easy to do. So I, I think that the three steps are iPhones you can lock down, coveted eyes, and then the Griffin router. Mm-hmm. I think those three things together uh, create a, a great combo. Obviously, this is a hard issue. Yeah. But when all said and done, you want to make it as hard as possible to look at porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then the fourth thing I would say is is get VidAngel. I often joke about this, but uh, VidAngel is a mm-hmm. is a fantastic resource. Yeah. That a lot of parent, parents don't know about, um, but you, you can watch most shows on VidAngel with with pretty uh, robust filters and take out all the bad stuff and still enjoy the show. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm surprised when I hear about what some of our members are watching, and I think, wow, like that's porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's rated R, it's it's porn. And you, as a Christian, you should not be watching that. Yeah. But with VidAngel, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that VidAngel is it's like eight bucks a month, and it's a, just a fantastic service for people. Yeah. Even that, just like I mean, obviously that like to be able to filter that out yeah. is incredible. But like for my kids to be able to watch a, a show, um, or it could, you know, not only that, but you're filtering out language. God's name being taken yep. in vain, yep. All the language. Um, language you know, because sometimes, like some movies, it's like, if it wasn't for that one scene, yeah, yeah. this would be a decent movie. Yeah. So to be able to go in there and take that out, yeah. um, you know, whatever inappropriate, whatever that was, that's been really a blessing. Because <laughs> like, oh, we can actually enjoy this movie as a family and not have that, you know. It's It's been a game changer. As a father of five boys who love to watch movies, it's been a, it's fantastic. Uh you know, my boys can watch shows and take all the bad stuff out and yeah. still enjoy the show. Let's let's shift gears, um, and we're almost done here. Um, but, John, what, what what is the church's role in this? I, I know that, that you uh, are putting together a group mm-hmm. uh, for men and women who struggle with this issue of pornography. Can you talk about that? What, what's the point of the group? How does one get involved? And what's the way forward for people? Yeah, um, we're, I'm calling them topical groups, so they don't have to be limited to this topic, but it's, a, but it's a group, it's a smaller group of, let's say, five, six, seven guys that come together. We meet once a month, and from the, from the beginning, we, we basically commit, you know, that we're going to meet together, that we're going we're gonna to utilize covenant eyes, um, we're going we're gonna to come prepared to the meeting. And, and a lot of it is a lot of it is just establishing relationships where we can help each other um, so that's that's a big part of it um, so hopefully it's encouraging it's meant to be um, additive it's it's not meant to replace you know community group or discipleship group it's really meant as an additive help and and so that's that's really what it is. We're trying to be the church and help one another, love one another, care for one another. 
pray for one another, all of those things. And so it's we're going to meet once a month for approximately nine months and um, establish relationships, help each other. Really, that's I think I think coming into the light is is really really important with this topic, and that is being honest yeah. um, with yourself, with God, and with not obviously you're not telling everybody about this, but you you are open and honest with um, select a select group of people, and so. Uh, that's part of what it's meant to do, and it's meant to be proactively accountable. So in other words, not just, okay, this happened after the fact, but really what we want to cultivate is a proactive accountability where a guy can text a friend in, you know, in the temptation and say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you, could we talk for a few minutes? I need help. That kind of, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do. So um, if someone wants to get involved in one of these groups, and, and I, I think the long-term goal is to have both male groups and female groups. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how, would, how would someone get involved? Would they, would they email the church office? Would they call, email John Kirshner? Like, what's the best way to... Yeah, we're, we're putting some of that infrastructure in place as we speak. So right now, this has been kind of an invitation. You know, there's, there's guys that have asked for help, and so we've said, hey, let's... Let's do this group. I think in the future, yeah, we want to have topical groups for people that have been sexually abused, for men's and women's sexual purity, addiction. So Same-sex attraction. Same-sex attraction. Yeah. In the future, we're working on our soul care website, and so that's the plan is to, is to have a, an email that people can say, hey, I need, I'm looking for help in this particular area. And I, I also think what we need to do probably on Sunday mornings is just advertise and say, hey, we have these groups. If you're interested, let's have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, guys, we're out of time. Thanks so much, John and Brian. Yeah. And thanks for listening to Flock Talk, a ministry of GCF North. GCF North exists to glorify God through gospel-centered worship, evangelism, and discipleship, and community. To learn more, go to our website, gcfnorthspokane.org.